Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Faith is simple if we keep it simple. But oftentimes we love to complicate things as believers. We love to uh, uh, make things harder than they have to be. We, we like to uh, um, uh, add steps that the word doesn't necessarily, any, nobody but me? Okay, praise the Lord. Um, you know, don't buy into the lie that faith is difficult. I'm just telling you, you know, the Bible says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. And there is a principle there that, that as you have received, how many uh, had to do penance before they came to Jesus? How many had to earn it before they came to Jesus? No, you simply came to him just as you were. And so if the, I, I love how God does things because in in the natural, you kind of, Start at the smallest thing and, and then build and then build and then build and build. But in the kingdom of God, God actually starts with the hardest miracle first. Just to show you that your simple yes to what he's already accomplished comes in and recreates your spirit and makes you a new person. Hallelujah. Never to, been, never to have been known before a brand new creation. Amen. And he starts us there just to let us know that any other thing. The Bible says if, if, he, if he freely gave his son, how will he not with him, say with him, also give every other good thing. That's the Steve paraphrase. But y'all know what I'm talking about. That Jesus, when, when the Lord set it up that you could receive Jesus just by a simple act of faith, just simple be- believing and confessing the giving of your life to him, that you would be recreated, the greatest miracle that ever takes place. Man, I'm glad for when, when, when a, a, a shoulder is fixed. I'm glad when a leg grows out. I'm glad when a back gets healed. Man, I'm thankful for all of that because it's all good. Amen. It's all wonderful. But the greatest, the greatest miracle is when the recreation of the human spirit happens with a simple yes to the Lord. And all of a sudden that old man gets buried and dead. Hallelujah. And he gets wiped away. And in the place of that old man is a new creation in Christ Jesus that gets raised up. Hallelujah. And actually gets uh, imparted the DNA of Jesus on the inside of you glory to God, you got a blood transfusion. All the blood that used to to run through your spiritual veins got evaporated just like that. And in in the place of it was a transfusion of the blood of the lamb. The spotless blood of the lamb came into your spiritual veins. Glory to God. And you became new. You revived a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all, the Bible says, all things are new. So if you start with that simple equation. You know, I'm not a math man, but I do well with math when money's attached. I didn't care about angles and, and, and trapezoids and, and trigonometry and calculus X plus Y equals. I didn't care about all that. But when you started applying it to money, to dollars, all of a sudden it started making sense. I can tell you real quick if a property is going to make money or not. Run the numbers in my head. Why? Because it, it, it means something to me. It means something to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it means something to me. Why is that? Uh, because it, it's something that's real, tangible. I don't care about things that are that that uh, mathematics that's intangible. I care about the tangible. Well, there was a tangible recreation of your spirit that happened with the simple equation of "Yes, Lord, I believe and I declare you as Lord." And then, boom! God started us off there. So, faith is really pretty simple. We've all done it. We've all had. Uh, amazing success at it. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, you're, if you're born again, you've had an amazing, successful faith transaction. I don't even like to call it a transaction because we're not, we're not just doing business with God. We're in a relationship with him. We're in a covenant relationship. I, I, don't, I don't call uh, 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 interaction with my wife business because I'm in a covenant relationship. Now, we handle business together, but I'm still in a place of covenant relationship with her. And so there's, there's, it, it means more than a business partner. How I many you know you can do things with your spouse that you better not be doing with your business partner unless they're the same person? Come on. There's, there's things that happen in, in intimacy and covenant, glory to God, that, that doesn't happen in other types of relationships. Y'all, y'all don't act so. I'm here to break down some religion tonight. You can ask the music team. I've been breaking down religion for a couple years here, just constantly. Let's get rid of the religion. Hallelujah. We're in relationship. But, but how many, you know, uh, you know, how many times have we put off things that have sparked our hearts that we knew we needed to ask God for, and we automatically kind of disqualified ourselves and put them on the back burner? Well, I need to work on my faith before I get to that, or I need to, I need to, you know, I need to build my faith before I. Now, now there's some true things there. I'm not belittling the the fact that we can we need to get into the Word and and, and build our faith. But what I'm saying is, oftentimes the you know, the Holy Ghost isn't going to bring to your heart something to ask for unless he knows that you have the ability to ask for it. Sometimes we push away the inspiration of the Holy Ghost because we get religious or we are shame-filled because we, don't measure, we think we don't measure up in some way. But if God so freely gave his son to the old dirty dog that you used to be, how many of you know that God doesn't, doesn't uh, withhold, you know, I'll give you my son, but I'm going to hold on to all these lesser things. That's not how things work with him. Jesus was a package deal. Now, if I brought a gift basket to you, that cost, you know, let's say this, this, this gift basket was, was like a $100,000 gift basket. It was made of pure gold, and it was, it was this gorgeous basket. And there was some salted peanuts in there, and there was, you know, some candy-covered raisins, chocolate-covered raisins. So I'm talking about like the, the, the bottom of the totem pole snacks. You know what I'm saying? Those are the bottom of the totem pole snacks. Let's say those are in there, and I said, here, you can have this gift basket, but you're going to have to earn those peanuts, and you're going to have to earn those, ra- those chocolate-covered raisins. That doesn't make sense. Well, you freely gave me this $100,000 basket that just, you know, completely changed my, fi- my bank account, but you're going to keep hold on. You're going to be stingy with the peanuts? Look at somebody say, don't be stingy with the peanuts. Peanuts, that's the stuff they put on the table for free, right? So, we, so God's, not, God's not stingy like that. He's freely given. Um, 
And, and so sometimes we put off asking for things that the Holy Ghost is, is witnessing us to, to go ahead and ask for because we disqualify ourselves because we say, well, I haven't, been, I haven't been studying on that. Or I haven't. How many of you know the, the, there's word down on the inside of you waiting for the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to come and make that word alive? And a lot of times that comes as inspiration for something. Don't hold, don't hold back and say, I'm going to wait on that. I'm going I'm I'm to. No, go ahead and ask the Lord. Follow the prompting of the Holy Ghost and ask what it is that the Lord is prompting you about because God is looking to give some good things. Amen. Um, what if we actually took God for his word? Wouldn't that be neat? Matthew chapter 18, uh, verse 2. You can put it up there, Brother Matt, if you'd like to. And um, it said, and Jesus called a, a, a little child to him. And um, it says, he set him in the midst of them and said, assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself, say humbles himself, as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, there's something that is humble about a little, a little kid. You know, the other day, uh, 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 Paul was doing some online searching, there was some 4th of July deals on guitars, and he was kind of scrolling, and, and Banner, who is his, his little cousin, came running up to him, and he said, what are, you, what are you doing? He said, I'm shopping for guitars. He goes, hey, could you buy me a big old net so that I can carry it around and catch some lizards with it? And, you know, when he said that, I just thought, man, that is so funny. You know, he didn't, he didn't wasn't shameful about asking I mean, he asked the wrong person because Paul ain't got no money. He's a teenager. But, but he, he boldly, oh, you're shopping. You know what? I'd like to have a big old net so I can carry it around and catch some lizards with. And he just boldly asked for something that was on his mind, on his, on his priority list. And there wasn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't care that he had just gotten in trouble just a few minutes earlier in the living room. He just got he just got his butt chewed out about three or four minutes before that. He he didn't hang his head low and well, I know I'm not worth it, Paul, but if you could find it in your heart to maybe buy me a big old net. No, he came, I mean he came marching right. What are you doing? Oh, I'm shopping for this. Oh, if you're shopping, since you're shopping, why don't you go ahead and throw in the cart a big old net? He didn't ask for a small net. You know, I, 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 I like a big net, but I'm just going to ask for a little net because I know, you know, I'm not worth the big net. Kind of been having some issues with obeying and no, he didn't, he didn't, none of that was on his mindset. He had forgot about getting in trouble. He had forgot about missing it three minutes ago and was already back into asking mode. I've also noticed that little kids, they might just get in trouble for not eating their dinner, but they're going to go ahead and ask for dessert anyway. No shame, no, no like discouraged countenance. Where's the cake? Where's the dessert? Well, you didn't eat your dinner. Yeah, what's that got to do with anything? That was yucky. I want cake. And Jesus is saying, he said, you've got to, in order to enter into the kingdom, and we knew how to do that at the beginning. We didn't have anything to offer. We didn't have anything to bring to the table. We were just a raggedy old mess. 
And yet we had the humility to say, Lord, I can't do anything about this, but I believe you can. And so I'm just going to simply ask in faith, because you're telling me that you're this good, I'm going to take a risk and believe that you're this good. And I'm going to step out of what I know and what is comfortable and what I've grown used to. And I'm going to step out onto the waters of believing you to recreate my human spirit. I don't understand how it's going to work. I don't understand how it could be possible. I don't know why you're that good. Come on, think about the moment where you either rededicate or you ask the Lord to, to, be, to be the Lord of your life. I, 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 I can just guarantee that, that you weren't thinking, well, you know, I bring this to the table and I bring that to the table. So this is kind of a good deal for the Lord, you know. We don't, we don't think that way. But then all of a sudden when we get in relationship with him and we get down the way a little bit, all of a sudden we want to kind of think about our, what we're bringing to the table. But the table's all his. And he's got everything on the table already prepared. He's not looking for you. Come on, I'm not, you know me, I'm, I'm the faithfulness guy. I'm not talking about not being faithful. What I'm talking about is the, the things that we need to ask for. Because there's some places that God's wanting to take us that he needs us to be, get, get real comfortable trusting that he's that good and asking him for things for ourselves, for us as a church. But then what about when you're in front of that person at the grocery store that needs healing and he, the Lord's asking you to ask him for, are you going to start thinking about your level of faith and your, how, how I didn't read my Bible this morning. I, this can't be the Holy Ghost. Or I was too busy to spend a long time in prayer. I had to pray on the way to work. Now just a shamba, shamba, shamba real quick before I got, because I woke up late. And now surely God's not leading me to, no, because then all of a sudden you're thinking about what you bring to the table. But as a child, they're not thinking about what they bring to the table. They're not considering, you know what, I'm a pretty good kid. You know what, I, 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 I've had a lot, you know, when the kid's two and three, four years old, they don't add a lot to the family, except for heartache, frustration, busyness, dirty clothes. Won't, I'll stop there. Messes to clean up, right? They're not bringing a lot to the table, but the Lord said, I want you to be as a child. Does that sound good? Now I'm getting to my first point. Praise the Lord. Uh, point number one, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, saint. Keep it simple, saint. Don't overcomplicate what we're doing here. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, I don't know if I read all the rest of that scripture or not, but we'll move along to the next scripture. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. If I miss a point, Miss Jackie, just let me know. If I miss number or something, just call it out. She's an expert now because y'all saw her last week. Boy, she tore it up. Woo, praise the Lord. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. There's not a lot of ambiguity there, is there? Uh, and then it says in the next verse, or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, I love this, how much more? Jesus is saying, how much more? 
If you know how to give a good gift to your child who's bringing nothing to the table, they're not adding anything to your, to, now, you know, the joy of children is to add something to your life. He doesn't like kids. That's what I'm saying. I love my kids. They're awesome. They do add joy to your life. But just out of the pure joy of having them and, and, and is the only thing that, that they bring to the table. And, and that's not anything they're doing. They're just there to be. They're just there to be. And they're not worried about their mess. They're not worried about what they, the heartache they caused you. And God said, if you, are be, if you just being natural, just being evil, know how to do good things. Come on, think about your grandbabies. Come on, think about your grandbabies. That you, you, don't, you won't even uh, uh, treat them like you did your children. Well, you would have never let me do that. Well, do, they, do you have to put them on restriction? Yes, I have to put them on restriction because they're, they're misbehaving. Yeah, but they didn't mean to. Well, Grandma, be quiet. Let me parent. But if you being hard-headed... A knucklehead, whatever you want to call it, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more is the father looking to give good gifts to you? But look at this. I like this because it, it kind of makes it plain. Don't, don't you like it? And he makes it plain. It says, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who earn it? That's not what it says. Then why do we act that way? How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who deserve it? How much more will God give good things to those who have added enough faith credits to exchange for heavenly goods? One quarter credit. For any Star Wars fans we have in here. No, to those who what? Ask him. Y'all are going to be like, don't let Steve preach on Wednesdays anymore. We're not used to this on a Wednesday night. We want the sweet stuff. Um, no, uh, to those who ask. Ask yourself. I want everyone just to close their eyes for a minute. No peeking. And I want you to just ask yourself, what's been keeping me from asking? Just ask that of yourself. What's been keeping me of asking a good father who wants to give good things? What's been keeping me from asking? Is it shame? Is it not thinking you have enough faith? Is it busyness? Is it self-effort? Just think about that. Just answer that in your own heart. Or maybe put... You can put the pause button on it, button on it, and ask ask it later. But he's just sitting there saying, "Whoever asks, those are the ones that I'm going to give it." Point number two, Miss Jackie, dare to ask. You know, the Bible's supposed to be like your favorite cookbook. You know, I got to talk food. The Bible's supposed to be like your favorite cookbook. Now, I don't cook, but I'm glad I got people around me, and I send recipes to them. I, te- I see something online, I'm like, ooh, that looks good. And I think that fits what Joan might make. I'm going to send that to her. I'll send Ryan something if it's got some spice to it because I know that will. And I like for people to make things like that. 
because then I get to partake of them. But the Bible is supposed to be like your, your favorite cookbook. It's supposed to inspire you to put it to use. It's, it, uh, you know, your Bible, how many know a, a good cook with a good cookbook? That cookbook's got some, some flour encrusted in it. It's got some oil. Oh, some of the pages are oily. Their favorite recipes have some war, and they, sometimes they don't even have to look at it, but they looked at it so many times. You know, that's how the scripture is supposed to be for us. It's supposed to inspire us to get in the kitchen and start experimenting, to start cooking. You know, the first time you try a recipe, it doesn't always hit. But then you try, you don't say, you know what, I'm just a recipe failure. You know, I'm just, I'm just a failure. That recipe didn't go good. No, you get in there and you tweak it. You try it again. You know what? What do, what do you think? I think I could have added a little more of this to it. You, if, I, if I brought back the rosemary a little bit, maybe this would be good. You know what? I tried it and it's got the perfect amount of rosemary. You know, whatever it is that, that, that you're experimenting with, and you're, you're okay with experimenting. Right? You, no one gets in the kitchen and just becomes a cooking expert right away. They got to get to putting it to practice. And the Bible's supposed to be like a cookbook for us that causes us to want to get in the kitchen and try it out. And then if it doesn't come out just right, then what? You get back in there and say, okay, let me try this again, and I'm going to add this to it. And, oh, now that's much better. And that's how it is with the Bible. It's supposed to inspire you. It's not supposed to be something that we just think about in theory. It's something we're supposed to get in there and do. A cookbook's no good if it just stays up in the kitchen and nobody's doing any recipes out of it. Nobody's having fun. Nobody's enjoying it, right? You know, dare to ask. Don't, don't be so, uh, well, I'm just, we disqualify ourselves from, from asking. We, get, we disqualify, you know, we, oh, we don't fit Mark eleven twenty three. 23. I, I just, I'm not there yet. Who says? Who do you think would be behind thoughts that, let's wait. Or put that off. Let's put that on the back burner. You think Jesus is into those kind? Since he's all, you think the Father, you think the Holy Spirit's like, you know what? Let's not do so much asking this month because, no, who would be behind keeping you from asking the things that the, that's sparked in your heart about? The enemy. He doesn't want you taking hold of the things that belong to you. He doesn't want you engaging with the Lord and asking for things that you know you desire. I'm just making y'all think a little bit. You know, um, I ha- m- most of y'all know, I'm, I'm, I'm winding down here. Uh, most of y'all know I had um, surgery on a weightlifting hernia um, the first of the year. Does anyone not know that? Um, that's why I was wearing like that belt and everything. Um, and, you know, I was, I, anyone ever disobeyed God or slowly obeyed? No one else. Okay. Um, I, I, I was in a place where I was kind of being slow to obey on something that the Lord had been dealing with me about. And, uh, and as a result, I opened the door for a little uh, umbilical hernia. And, um, you know, I was kind of beating myself up about it. Yeah, have you ever done that? You're like, this is my fault. I opened the door. And, you know, so I, I, I was kind of trying to manage it, manage the, the, the circumstances, manage the pain. Not really, honestly, I wasn't asking God about it because very much. I was kind of, you, you know, when you kind of pretend you're in faith by not looking at it. 
I'm in mom's faith about it. I'm in faith. I'm in faith. You know, and you're not really in faith. You're kind of ignoring the situation or kind of managing it, you know, naturally and, and just kind of putting it off to the back burner. Well, I was kind of doing that, and it got worse and worse. Imagine that. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden it was kind of in a place where it's like, I got to get this taken care of. This is causing me, me and other people, you know, uh, uh, a pain. And, and so I just, I prayed and I decided to, uh, to go ahead and get the surgery. I felt led that I need to go ahead and get surgery, which then I was also beating myself up about because I didn't get it in faith, which I never really applied my faith. But now, now the enemy's beating me up about, you ever know, it's like, so it's not just me. Okay, good. And, and so, so, you know, I'm just being real tonight. So that's where I was at. I was just kind of like, oh, great, you know. But I had peace about a certain surgeon going and having that person do that procedure. And, um, and so I had peace about it. I got in the secret place, got peace about it. That was my direction. I knew that I was supposed to do. So a, meaning, a well-meaning person said, are you sure that's what you're supposed to do? And then all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be. I you know, I missed it. I was disobedient and missed it the first time. Maybe I'm missing it now. And then, you know, you open the door to the enemy. And when you're a, when you're a, vi- a visual person like I am, you know, you, some people are like, oh, I never see anything. God never shows me anything. Count yourself blessed because the enemy can play on that stuff too. And I kept seeing myself on the operating table, my belly open, and them nicking a bow. And I just, it was like, on repeat in my mind's eye, just repeat, 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 repeat. And I'm just like, ah, you know, Lord, if, am I missing it? Is this going to happen? What, you know? And, and I was like, you know what? I've been up here for far too long. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to get in a hot shower. I'm going to put on some, some worship music and I'm going to put this out of my mind and I'm just going to sit before the Lord for a few minutes. I don't know why I didn't do that earlier because this is the night before the surgery and I'm just like, you know, and I'm just like, God, if I'm missing it, I'm sorry. You know, I really don't want a bowel to be nicked, you know, just FYI, God, you know, that seems bad. Um, and you know, I'm in this situation where I'm just like, don't know what to do. And, and I'm just like, all right, I know to get in his presence. So I'm just going to do that. And I was just sitting there. I said, Lord, you know, I'm sorry if I've missed it. I'm sorry I missed it back there that opened the door for this. And I'm sorry, you know, you're just going through it. Like, I've already asked for forgiveness for all this, but I'm just going to do it again just in case, you know. And, and uh, Brother Steve, I can't believe you were so doubtful. <laughs> and, and that's just, I'm just being real. I'm, I'm the process, you know. And so I said, I said, you know, Lord, what, what should I do? And so clearly the Holy Spirit said, you know, you don't have to earn a good surgery. You just have to ask for it. And when he said that, all of a sudden peace came in. And I realized I've been trying to earn something that he's already freely given. And when you're so, the message Bible says, the, uh, I don't even remember the passage, but I like how it says this. It says, it says the best thing you can do for God is to get to freely receive what he's freely given. And because if you are held on to the way that you're trying to wrestle and do, and then all of a sudden your hands are full, filled up and you can't receive anything that God's already sitting there, hand out. You can't grab anything when your hands are full. You can't 
latch hold of something when your mind is full, right? And I was trying to make it complicated, and the Lord's like, what are you doing? And, you know, I had planned on getting, like, taking, like, an hour, hour and a half to just get in the Scripture and get in the, you know, get in the presence. And so I showered up, and I was feeling good, and I said, you know, let me go ahead. And, and he said, why are you doing that? He said, if you were going to Disney World tomorrow, would you feel pressure to do that? I said, no. And um, he's like, if you were just going to go on vacation tomorrow, would you feel pressured to do that? I said, no, I wouldn't. He's like, I don't mind spending time with you, but don't try to get back in the earning, in the earning position. He's like, what would you rather do? What would you like to do? I said, you know what? I'd like to sit back and watch a little comedy. He's like, let's do that together. And so we, I turned on a comedy and watched a little bit of that, enjoyed, enjoyed myself. And then I was so enjoying him that I decided to turn that off and go and spend time with him just because I wanted to be with him. Not because I was trying to earn a good surgery the next day. Now, I'm telling you, I've never had surgery, and, and I'm, you know, to be honest, I hate knives and especially when they're cutting me. And, um, and so I, I, I was believing God for a good surgery. You know, I thanked him for good surgery. I thanked him for peace and grace. Man, I woke up early that next morning, got in the shower, spent some time worshiping. I'm telling you, this, this is not an exaggeration at all. I was, ex- I was excited about the adventure, that I, the faith adventure I was just about to go on. I got into the, to the, to the prep room, and they're poking you, and they're doing your EKG and all the stuff that they're do, you know, doing to make sure you're good to go under. And, and I'm having a great conversation with a lady who used to be, be in, uh, in fellowship with the Lord but wasn't anymore. She found out I was a music minister. And I just kind of ministered. She has a musical gift. I began to minister to her. I was just enjoying myself. And she's like, well, you're pretty relaxed. Have you, know, have you had surgery before? I'm like, no. I said, the peace of God is just on me. And I went, went under, woke up. I woke up, and I said, how'd the surgery go? And the lady's like, it went great. The doctor was, was thrilled with how everything went. And I started laughing. I was just, I was full of joy. It wasn't the medicine. I was so, I, I mean, it could have been a little bit. But, but I was so full of joy because I went in, and I mean, I went in on the ease of God, and I was, ex- I was excited about this faith victory because it was all what he had done. And, you know, where I was, I was, I was beating myself up, you know, just 24 hours before, I'm beating myself up, you know, blaming myself and all this stuff. I went from that into coming out of that surgery feeling like, man, I am a child of God, Everything went super great. The recovery went supernaturally quick. Everything was fantastic. I had zero issues. And, and I didn't even, you know what? I, I didn't even thank God like, oh, thank you, thank you for great recovery. Thank, no, I just said, you know what? I asked for it. My father gave it to me. I, it's, what is there left to do? But enjoy what he gave you. Sometimes we complicate this, but dare to ask. Quit trying to earn your answer, and just ask. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. We're, we're winding down here. I know it's Wednesday night. Uh, it says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the 
seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. God put it on the basis of faith for our benefit. Have you ever felt like, man, why did God make it faith? Because it's so difficult. Anyone thought, ever thought that? Like, oh, man, why, why is it of faith? Why didn't he just, like, wipe us out with it? You know, just. God kept it through the avenue of believing him so that it would be sure to you. So that it would enable it to be because of his divine favor. It is of faith so that it could be according to grace. He protected it in the avenue of just believing and trusting him so that it would be just and righteous for him to do it by his divine favor. Does that make sense? So he, when we start complicating faith, we're buying into the wrong view of what faith looks like. Well, I, I, you know, we've got this big thing we're believing God for. It is of faith that it might be to his from his divine favor. He put it on the avenue of faith for you to just simply, you've already believed God for the biggest thing you'll ever believe him for and nailed it. Nailed it. Hit it out of the park. You are a faith champion. It's got to be the lie of the enemy that tries to whittle us down in the other direction. It's got to be. Because why would the father, I mean, Who wants us to be born again more than him? If he could have made it easier, he would have. There is no easier way. It's it's so simple. It's so basic. And he he gave us that so that we would never have to say, I got to earn it. It's 845. We're winding down here. Um. I'm going to read this scripture. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hallelujah. And that's, I think that's why I'm, I'm stirred to kind of just simplify this tonight is because there's greater works ahead. We got to get real good at quit measuring ourselves and measuring him. We come to the father, not on the basis of ourselves, but because of what he's done. We have right and access in him before the father. And we got to get real comfortable believing God and I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say believing God because a lot of times we put works attached to believing God. We got to get real comfortable asking and receiving. Let's put it, put it that way just, just to switch the way we're thinking about it. We got to get real comfortable asking and receiving because he wants us to start asking for others so that these greater works can be getting done so that the works of Jesus can be done. You know, Jesus, when Lazarus was dead, you know, he said, Lord, I pray this because not for me, because I know you always hear me, but so that these guys 
can hear this and also believe. Jesus was so comfortable knowing that whatever he asked, the Father was going to do for him. Well, that was Jesus. That's who we're in when we come to the Father. It's his goodness, his blood, his name. That's why I said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Well, I just ask in Steve Morgan's name. No, that's not going to get us anywhere. But that sometimes we're asking verbally in Jesus' name, but we're asking in our name. Verbally, we're saying the right words, but, but what are we trusting in when we're asking? You don't have to earn it. You just have to ask for it. You don't got to earn a good surgery, Steve. You just got to ask for it. Yeah, Father, thank you. There's peace in that. Because I quit measuring me and I started measuring him. And he's so good and he's so big and he's so wonderful and he's so faithful. He's so true. Amen. He's never lied. He's never failed me. So I quit measuring this and began to measure him and he's immeasurable. Immeasurably good. Immeasurably merciful. Come on, mercy that just endures and endures and endures goodness that's new every morning. Yeah, but I missed it last night. Yeah, but his goodness and his mercies are new every morning. Yeah, but his mercy endures forever. Yeah, but you keep making the same mistake. Yeah, but his mercy endures forever. Yeah, but I, I, I haven't done everything I should. Yeah, get that right. But, but don't trust in even you getting it right. But trust in that his goodness and his mercy endures forever that doesn't stop because you you got into the family the getting into the family gave you full access Woo, glory father we thank you for a little bit of time tonight to just magnify you magnify truth magnify the word we thank you that faith is simple we choose not to complicate it we choose to expand what we're asking for And Father, I feel impressed to just go back to that question that you put on my heart today. What has been keeping me from asking? So Lord, I ask you that you would highlight that to us tomorrow and Friday and Saturdays. We're leading into Sunday. Lord, just highlight that. What has been keeping us from asking? So that we can set that on the altar And look, stop measuring ourselves and start measuring who you are. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.